Good morning, fellow Gooners, and welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm your morning, and my host as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Hope everybody's doing well. We took on the mighty giants of England, Man City. And I think coming into this game, I knew, you know, three points or, or one point would be a bonus, but I just felt this Man City side lacked an X factor. You know, there was no Sergio Cunaguero, no David Silva, no De Bruyne, no Foden, no. Uh, I, I was Sterling even on the field. I don't think even Sterling was in the starting lineup. And I just thought to myself, like, you know, the, I'm not saying Arsenal are going to win, but I'm saying if there was a chance, I think, you know, this Man City side doesn't have anything in it to fear. And I think that's, and I think when Arsenal started off in this game, you know, it kind of looked like there was, there was nothing to fear of this Man City side. That being said, you know, the Arsenal lineup, I didn't really, you know, install a lot of um, confidence in me. Yeah, I mean, like, for me also, I mean, like, my personal take was, as much as I was trying to be confident in the previous podcast, uh, the, you know, the day of the, the fixture, it started to become, like, a, a real dreaded trip. And, I mean, I think for most fans, we were already confused, you know, from the, you know, when the lineups already came out, because we didn't know if we were going to now set up 5-4-1 or 3-5-2. But, I mean, I was just thinking, also, okay, either way you look at it, we're going to at some point set up, uh, you know, set up with five at the back, and I was just thinking to myself, you also don't want to, you know, it was like be on like a punching bag for a team like City. I mean, once they, they, they kind of figure your, like say your weakness out, they will just keep on punching and keep, keep on coming at you. So, I mean, whether as the game starts, uh, Arsenal start on this, as a, as you now mentioned before, you know, very positive. I mean, we on the front foot, you know, and we almost like surpassing the Man City midfield, we also like you know ping the ball around faster and then and then I mean it's like, I think the big first big chance comes to Arsenal when Kiri gets across in and I think uh, Saka he ends up was like fluffing his chance and no sooner the commentators were talking about um, you know Arsenal are you know doing getting through the, the Man City midfield too easily yes. something needs to be tweaked. As I said, no sooner they talked about it, you could see Pep were already started organizing them and that and then you saw a whole different thing because all of a sudden Gundogan got on the ball, you were starting to do more. And you could start like also seeing Arsenal, you know, when they go into that sort of panic mode. Yeah. Then it goes from easy to full blown panic. And I mean, within was it two minutes of that where with City starts getting back in the game, uh, game, sorry, the ball gets crossed in from the flank. Callum Chambers does what yeah. uh, Rob Holden did, yeah. we ends up letting one of the shortest guys in the field come from behind there and end up getting a free header after Callum Chambers totally miscued the, the ball in the air. One or Man City. <laughs> and and like, I, I sat in disbelief, you know, not that I expected us to win the game, but I mean, how does a team go from looking so confident and looking so good to just conceding a goal like that in no time. And like you said, as defenders, what are they doing training? Because these these guys playing centre-back, you know, must, must almost judging jumps and it's causing, you know, so much. I mean, Gundogan to, to score a header against Arsenal. I mean, not that, you know, it's unheard of, but I mean, it's, it's, it's a disgraceful defending. I mean, do you think Tony Adams or Martin Keown would have allowed something like that? Did you see that once that, I think, post-match... Um... Gundogan, the last time he won so many headers was, I think, 2019-2020 season. Because normally he's not somebody that does anything in the air, like, you know, winning challenges in, in the air. So, yeah, real shocking defending. And, you know, just to bring, uh, bring back on that point, 
Arsenal, you know, you're going to get them, as I said, you're going to get them either very good and positive, but you know, when they get almost like, you know, when you pop a bully on the nose, when they just start back. Yes. And that is what almost like happened because they totally capitulated after that because they, there was like little to no fight. There was no, um, you know, organiza- organization on the field because, <clears throat> excuse me, it started becoming like, uh, you know, almost like headless chickens on the field because yes. no knew what they were doing. There was no structure to the play because, I mean, Man City was... I mean, at, at, I mean, do you recall the, also in the, something like the 10th minute just before, uh, I think they sort of, now, you know, really upping the ante. They were actually just walking through the midfield. And I'm not, yes, I'm yes, yes, it was. It was. It was like there's such a gap between our midfield and defense, I mean, our attack and defense, <laughs> that they were, they were just walking, like you said, they were walking. And I was shouting, where are our players? I was shouting at my TV. Like, where are the players? Like, and they weren't closing down or anything like that. It was an absolute joke. The, I don't know what these guys are doing. I don't know what they were thinking or what was the plan, but it clearly didn't work. And I mean, what uh, what really also shocked me is how Arteta, you know, when when Lukonga has had, you know, two decent games, even in the defeat against Chelsea, he was the most positive player for us. Yes, yes, yes. In, a, in the game against, uh, what was it, in the midweek game, uh, West, Brom, West Brom, he was also looking quite good when he was playing. And then with this game, it's almost like, you know, you don't get almost like that credit for what you've been doing so far because... Also in midfield, he shows that he wants to be dominant. I mean, there was a little clip also uh, with him making his debut the other day uh, for Belgium. And I mean, he was like, you know, I mean, I hate doing a comparison, but I think it, it was like watching somebody like, you know, a Vieira just getting stuck in. People, are, you know, there were two guys trying to huddle with the ball and he just like bumped them both off and like started bursting through the midfield. And I thought, now why wasn't that sort of character in that squad the weekend? How can you leave Granit Xhaka on its own? You know, you were basically playing as a lone midfielder. Then you try to play Odegaard and Smith-Rowe almost in there. They're not going to win you those 50-50 challenges where Lekonga was going to. And we're playing away from home. So it didn't make sense playing almost two attacking midfielders. And I think, oh, I thought it was just frustrating being one nil down. And it just looked like Arsenal down. They tools already waiting for Man second to score the second. Yeah, and I mean, 12 minutes uh, defending from, from uh, Arsenal when City ended up just slinging a ball into the, the box by uh, Bernardo Silva. I mean, for me, it actually looked a poor cross, but I mean, Arsenal ended up somehow making a hash of things. The ball gets through, it's supposed to Ferran Torres, and I mean, he ends up stabbing the ball on 2 no Man City. Oh, and, and I think at that point, you know, in the Premier League, when you go 2 no down, it's game over. It's very seldom that, uh, that teams actually come back from a 2 no. It happens, but it's not often, and it's not going to happen against the, the champions of England. And you know, it's almost like Arsenal, uh, after that, even got more lost. They didn't know what they were doing. Players were just, you know, losing their heads. And, you know, I don't know. It, 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 it just seemed like something bad was going to on its way for Arsenal because we weren't doing any attacking threat anymore. And I think Man City were just taking a piss with us, actually. Yeah, and then I'm in 35th minute, Jacqueline ends up getting his uh, red card, totally miscalculating his, you know, his tackle, going in with the lunch. I mean, look, I know, you know, on, just to be like partly on his side also, or giving him the benefit of the doubt, I just find, look, he didn't really, he just, I'm like brushed the, the top of Cancelo's foot, but I just think to myself, it was so stupid, you can't dive in, because, look, they take his, like, reputation to task, yes. you know, of previous red cards. And I mean, he's like launching himself like like somebody that's totally lost his head. 
And by the time he now goes in launch, like he starts, you can see one of the kind of tries to withdraw his foot. But I mean, by the time the, the intent looks there, and of course, he just brushes the top of Cancelo's foot. And I mean, that Cancelo ends up, you know, rolling and rolling. And, and of course, that Revna probably think, okay, because you could see he was first going for the yellow card. Yes, yes, then yes. Second, I don't know, maybe they're talking in his ear, and you see them pull out the red for him. Ah, uh, and, and like... And one of those days that you 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 can't complain, but you know you, there is reason to complain because you look at Pogba did not didn't go two footed, but he did something similar. And then we watched the game against Wolves. He went over the top of the ball, kind of clipped the shin guard of um of Neves. Neves, you know, doesn't go down immediately, but goes down afterwards. Yeah. Man United go and score the goal. One nil, Man United. They don't blow. It. I mean, it's also a leg break challenge. So it just seemed like there's the rules. Alter from ref to ref, and they just don't have a second look at it. And I mean, if you look, I mean, I don't know if you, how much of the game you did watch, but remember there was a moment with Daniel James as well diving into somebody into the penalty area. Yes, yes, now, yes, yes, yes. And it's not even given as a penalty. It's not even. And I'm thinking, is the you know where's the justice? Then I mean, I look, I can then take it on the chin if if you like with Jaka's red, but then I mean, at least investigate other people as well about the yes. reckless tackles. So, yeah, back to the game. I'm, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, let's just kind of limp to second half. Yeah. Down. And I mean, again, the team loses total focus. 43rd minute, Jack Grealish, oh, yeah, he ends up bamboozling Callum Chambers, you know, with that inside-outside runs. Chambers, of course, does not know where to exactly make the tackle. He's more worried about, you know, giving away a penalty. By that time, uh, Grealish ends up firing a low cross a pass in the box. Arsenal, none of them are really clear the ball. Gabriel Jesus ends up, you know, having the time even to take an extra touch to, like, you know, yes. to stabilize himself and then he pokes past Leno, 3 0, and we're going into the second half. Yeah, he's actually doing really well as a right winger at City at the moment. I've watched, I think, two, two of their games now already where they've played him kind of as a right winger. Yeah. Uh, it hasn't been against Norwich and Arsenal, so you can't, you know, say too much about it at the moment. But yeah, it seemed to be, yeah, been quite solid on the wing. But I think, yeah, he said three 0 down. Um, yeah. Ten men. You know, what, what's the way forward from the you know, just yeah. kind of damage limitation? Because you're not going to win a game three 0 down with ten men against Man City. That is not the old Arsenal. If you had to give me the old Arsenal with Robert Perez, Dennis Bergkamp, Pereira, Gilberto Silva. You know, Sol Campbell, mm. you could have told me that this guy's could have turned this game around, but not these guys. It's 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 just so disappointing to watch Arsenal at the moment. Yeah, so to see where we've become. There's no character in the squad, really. I mean you've got not, like not you know, got more people that are worried about, you know, appearances and they you know what they're wearing on the field and stuff like that than actually, you know, playing for that badge. But I mean like you know, going to the half time break, I mean I already felt, you know, down in the dumps. But I mean, part of me also was thinking, look, in prior seasons, when I saw this sort of performance, I would normally just switch the TV off and go do something else. But I mean, I thought, okay, you know, I'm going to give them still the benefit of the doubt. I mean, of course, I knew they weren't going to come back from it. Yeah. Just to see if there's a sort of fight we can, yes. you know, see, okay, can we now hold them out completely for the second half? But I mean, second half starts, we bring on El Nini, Saka comes off. Uh, then I think, what was it? With, within four minutes, uh, Bernardo Silva, he ends up firing at Leno, which Leno manages to make a decent save. Chambers then clears. And I mean, of course, the onslaught really starts beginning again by Man City. 53rd minute, 
Man City attack, the ball breaks, Rodri comes in from <laughs> deep lying midfield. And I mean, that, what was it, something like 18, 20 yards out? And he ends up yes. putting the ball into the net from that range. 4 yeah. Man City. 4 0 Man City. And now, like, you know, a lot of people will ask me, like, why are you still watching this game? Like, you know, it's. Now it's like I just I just want to see what's going to happen and like you know a lot of teams fight back they they show like you said some sort of spirit some sort of character dig deep or something but I just wanted to see it for myself if this team like I like it was like you know did you want to pull the plug I just want to keep on watching this and just kind of put myself through this misery like I don't know why I do it but you know <clears throat> hoping there's maybe some sort of change but. It was literally Man City were just, you know, doing with us. They had what eighty at the time it was eighty one percent to like nineteen percent position. <laughs> it was it was horrific to watch. I mean, I, I felt so like disappointed with this cast that I'm looking at my team and <laughs> you I, remember that one stat that was a, I think after twenty minutes when that 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 new stat thing on Sky Sports. Yes, yes, yes. Cloud that win something like that. Yes. We had said like 99% Man City, yeah. 100% Arsenal. <laughs> I just thought, oh, God, getting the humiliation get any worse. Yeah. It's, 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 like for Arsenal fans, it's, it's just, it's it's not good enough for us, man. Like we've been patient all these these, these, these years, but we'll get into it after the talking. We'll just carry on with the, with, the, with the game. But it was like, we looked punchless. We looked. I don't know, Emil Smith, though, I think, shame, he was trying, you know, and Lacazette also when he came on. There, there was some sort of trying at least, but I don't know, like, the team couldn't be asked, and like, I think it should be more players like Tierney on the pitch, who, you know, who's out there playing with that badge on his chest. And I mean, for me, also, like, when, when my agent uh, Maitland Niles came on 71st minute, they actually looked some sort of control or structure in the game. Yes. I mean, it was a little too late, but you could see something. Also, with, with as you said now, with Lacazette, you could see the balls now suddenly get held up more. But of course, being a man down, you you don't have this yes. actually of you know somebody's gonna come you know help you out and not even pick a ball. So it's not like he was fighting a lone war up there. But I mean, I just want to bring back to a point that that lead judges said the other day, like on yeah. one of the podcasts. We I mean, it actually made me person laugh. We said like, you know, if you can't laugh at the situation. You need yes. to crazy. So, I mean, like, yes. I mean, you, you see the sort of turmoil, but I mean, we're not going to, we don't want to make it also a, a whining, you know, grumpy, whatever podcast. Yes. But, I mean, there's certainly, we, I mean, you just have to laugh because it, it, it gets to a point of totally ridiculousness. I mean, for me also, like, when I saw that Rodri thing, I mean, that's the stuff you see in training. Yes, he just, like, oh, looked up at time and just, he finished it in the bottom corner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could even see the, 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 the bit of fade that he puts on the ball again. Yes. Just see bodies in front of Leno. Leno got <laughs> shit and the ball just ends up creeping in. Um, you know, back to the game, City, of course, playing this game, now 34th minute already. Uh, you know, just playing the ball about, like, it's a training match. And you could see, I mean, that that uh, nine infield players, they did not have, I mean, that, that all that fight was totally sucked out of them. And I mean, I just thought to myself, now again, this is in my mind, my city is totally, uh, you know, gone off the track. I'm nothing, okay, we take the L, we go in, like we go into full time, you know, a 4-0 defeat. Yes. And I mean, 84th minute again, Torres ends up again, hitting the ball in from about six yards, we also <laughs> just end up just ball watching as the ball gets flung into the box. And I mean, you know, I... Uh, Loads of problems, you know, going to as the full time whistle goes <clears throat> from players to coach. 
Because I mean, I, I don't. I mean, it, it goes from the top down. Because for me, Arteta should have set him up better. It, it looked like there was no way or style of playing in this game. It was almost like he just put them and just said, like you know, each one play your own game. Because there was no structure, no balance in the team even. Then also the players, little to no art. I mean, you gave it little five minute burst, and then it, I mean, it came up almost like we. You needed the subs to sort of give you sort of injection and, and show some sort of positivity in a you know a losing battle. Um, one thing that also really pissed me off big time when post match Pep Guardiola's comments. I mean, he knows the situation we're in and whatever, and then he talks about how Arteta's a great coach and whatever. I I mean, uh, up to now, I'm just thinking to myself, look, you focus on your team, you know, well played on the day, but don't come make it almost like you want to try to make that. Because for me, it's almost like an underhand uh, slap, the way he's now making those sort of remarks. Like, you know, they should keep him around for years and, and blah, blah, blah. And whatever. Yeah. He Because he knows why, because that for him is like a guaranteed six-pointer against us every season. And if, if we say yes. with something like Arteta, that that's, too, as I said, there's too many flaws in the way Arteta is doing things. And I just think after last season's eighth-place eighth, uh, finish, I would even gone with a more experienced uh, backroom staff because eh? I, yes. I think also backroom staff looks also like way too young because I mean some of them look even like football players still, and then of course that two guys that's with him at the moment I just don't think they have the sort of nows that can almost like tell Arteta how to change the game because I think Arteta has gotten now almost like you know the way we got worried with 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 Wenger at the latter part with also or the amount of power that he had yes. Una Emery is somebody being more of a head coach, not a manager. Yeah. Way, way more open to, you know, listening to other, you know, options or, or styles of, of playing. And I think Arteta's too one-track minded, like, you know, setting his ways now. So, I mean, if he don't change that, I mean, he will be putting his his uh, job at risk. And I mean, you know, we I, I was very critical of Emery. Eh? Like, yeah. I really, like, you know, during the end of his reign, I wanted him out. And I like, you know, it's, but if you look at his, his stats at Arsenal, you know, it's, that first season of us, I mean, you know, the players seem to have been playing for them and all that. I mean, you know, he, he was a, a bombing penalty miss away against Spurs to being in top four because, I mean, we lost our top four that season for one point. And yeah. Europa League as well. You know, he kind of got his settings wrong there. And there was games against Brighton and Palace where we dropped points. But that 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 Emre managed to bring almost, a, you know, a decent run with those guys but I mean it's like these this Arteta I don't know it's like you know you have a Carla Quendozi right he's yes he's a, he's a petulant character and that but you know he would have probably added something to the squad some fire at least some fight with Tierney and and I mean Saliba you you have Callum you, you playing Kulasinac at centre back who's mm. on his way out the club but you have Saliba out on loan like a lot of these decisions don't make sense and I mean you know, it was quite frustrating. You're looking at these other teams, Chelsea signing Seoul on loan, Ronaldo coming back to United. Okay, Liverpool they haven't done much business, but um, even um, Man City, you know, spending 100 million Grealish. But then you look at Arsenal. We've spent almost, you know, 150 million on players, and you know, but for Odegaard and maybe White or something, a lot of these players aren't you know going to be on first teamers. I mean, look at Lekonga wasn't, uh, you know, put in this, this big game. And you just ask yourself, like, what are these guys doing with recruitment? I mean, you know, on one hand, you, you blame the Kroonkers for getting the club to the state before spending money. 
But I mean, they got 150 million almost to spend. I mean, yeah. you know, I can look at Varane. I mean, he's probably paying high wage, but Varane was on a cheap. Um, they got Ronaldo on a cheap. Okay, Sancho seems to have been not a bit of good business as yet. But I mean, you know, if you look at Arsenal, what are, what are we doing to try to change the circumstances? We needed kind of, you know, those like a Basuma to come in. I mean, with Lekonga to kind of work with 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 party. We 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 signed Granit Xhaka on a three is it a three or five year deal did we give him? I think it was like a three. It was like extension. A three year deal. He was on his way to Roma. Even during the Euros, they they like asked him, you know, do the interview in Italian, and he's like, oh, not yet. So he his head was on his way out. We were all and next thing you know, he's getting a a, a three year deal, and he, and he, then he goes and gets a his a red card again. I mean. <laughs> You know, I'm not saying it's his fault, but I mean, we need to do better as a club. Yeah, I mean, look, this now also leads me into the talking point section of the podcast because, look, the players we've now brought in, I mean, uh, I'm sure everybody also heard we brought in a new right back, Takahiro Tomi Yasso, he's from Bologna. He's supposed to be now, you know, a right back uh, slash emergency centre back. I mean, from what I've seen so far from him, like, you know, for Bologna, that. He looks very fast. I mean, his recovery is even better. I mean, it, for me, it reminds me of, a, like, if you look now with the current squad that we have, it reminds me a lot of, of um, what's it, the Nuno Tavares guy. Because when you look at Tierney, sometimes he can burst forward, but, I mean, he knows sometimes he don't have that sort of backup. So you, you can see he starts losing his legs, final third, when he's tracking back into our box again. Yeah. Off. Whereas you look at Lakanga, he looks almost like fresh when he's going forward and he looks fresh yes. when he's going back. Yes. Now, this uh, uh, Tomiyasu, he's somebody that also plays like that. He has that sort of lung power to get him as a, uh, you know, to whip in crosses and he will get himself back again to either get his body on the line or to hold somebody up waiting for support. Uh, then also with the other players that we've now brought in, it's like, you know, we've got now Samuel Lakonga, we've got Ben White, Odegaard, Ramsdale. So, you know, all in all, that's about you know, with I think you with your estimate is like about one fifty, but it's only with add-ons. The real one is about one forty because we. I mean, I think it's only once that they achieve the certain targets as part of this in the contract, then they will get that, and then I mean the the uh, you know the fee will be up to one fifty. But you know that's besides the point now because I fully agree with you. I just think it's ridiculous how. Um, you know, the other money was now kind of spread with the team. And I mean, if you look at with the recruitment thing, only 25 million was made from transfers for Willock. That was it. Everything else, like you got Bellerin going to Betty's final day of the season, Runison going to Leuven in Belgium. That's also final day. Uh, Nelson going to Feyenoord, also Torreira to Fiorentina. And then, of course, the Saldiba, Quintuzi was start of the season, roughly. But again, all three, all of that, all, well, not all three, all. Uh, was it four, six players out on loan? And I mean, it's the only thing you're really lightening up load-wise financially is the wages, or part wages, because I, I think some of them are on huge wages, so Arsenal are probably covering about, say, 40 or something percent of, you know, of that actual, actual fees. But I mean, this also goes to show Edu's inexperience, because yeah. if you can't, I mean, you have to be sure. I mean, if you look at uh, that, that lady, that CEO of Chelsea, who's you know, heavily involved, has a heavy end in, in, in contracts. And when she starts assessing players, and I mean, she gets feedback also from staff and that, when they know a player is not past, he's, you know, like worth to the club, 
she offloads. Either she makes like a little package for them, whatever, to leave, or she, you know, really puts dirt, turns the heat up on them where they're actually looking for transfer. The agents will be looking for transfer for them. And I just think to myself, Edwin should have, <clears throat> should have even like with that, that six I just mentioned, you should have at least got sales for four of them at least. Because I mean, that, imagine how it would have bumped up, uh, you know, fees. Because now at the end of it, now, say Torreira comes again. I don't know how long his contract is the last thing. I don't feel like that checking up on it. But uh, do we now bring in these guys again and then come season uh, 22, 23, it's again another loan? Yeah. It, it, it doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't make sense. Honestly, it does not make sense. We're loaning out, loaning out the players come back and we're still sitting with the Pal squad. Pal squad. Yeah. And you spoke about it, you know, you said like, ah, oh, we are not playing in Europe, you know, time to make your squad full of quality, you know, like the likes of Liverpool. Just have a set squad of like 16, like with, with maybe some homegrown players added to that 16, but like of quality players where, you know, yes, you can get a few injuries here and there, but like let's say Pepper gets injured, you can throw you know, another winger in there that's going to, you know, take the game to a team. Or Aubameyang's out, you have, like, another, with like I said, you have another guy that can maybe play on the left wing or up top as well. I mean, the midfield, like, like I would have done uh, what I could to get a guy like Basuma. And, you know, they look at Kamavenga as well. You know, you... you 26 million! Look at that. You, you, you called it. You said, I remember, like, to all the listeners, I don't know, like, if you listen back to probably our previous podcast before the end of last season, even, you know, you were talking about him, like, you know, this Kamavenga youngster, I would actually go for him to, you know, be slotted in the midfield, you know, before Lakonga came in or anything like that. I mean, even if you had to have those four guys in your midfield, I mean, that's solid party, Lakonga, Basuma, and, you know, Kamavenga, you have, like, you know, options. I mean, if you even look, I mean, I'm not just jotting it down on my note here. You know, if you think 2020-21 season, the start of that season, Kamavinga was valued at, at 70 million. And I was thinking, myself, God, it's going to be tough to get him. And now, I don't know, I think with also with the COVID stuff and that, there's also financially strapped clubs. So, I mean, it's not like he's, he's dipped in form or whatever. He played also a decent season uh, last season for Ren. But, I mean, now is the time, you know, as I say, I think as I saying here in Germany, they say, like, or also in English, we say, you, you have the iron while it's hot. Because, I mean, right now, he was, same with Usam Awa, where, <clears throat> excuse me, he, he was also, like, you know, 70, 80 million at the start of last season. And, I mean, of course, most clubs were kind of, you know, cautious and not whatever. But, I mean, he's still being an uh, intricate uh, playmaker, creates goals, scores goals. And I mean, right now, right there, we should have also, you know, gone for it. There's already another to the midfield because I just feel to myself, like with, with regards to <clears throat> to Jaka, you could have now, you know, sold him. And then I mean, Kamavinga is a is a very strong player. I mean, he's yes. also, his vision of a game is also. I mean, for me, what that's what amazes me of him. Somebody so young, and the way he was like reads, you know, danger. He sniffs out wherever there's problems. He can break up play. He can also start. Uh, you know, action plays going forward, and then of course, your what you've been also always mentioning to me either uh, over the Euros as well, where Dumfries goes to Inter for yes. yes, I mean he's a top quality right back. I mean he, he, I mean you can even use him maybe you know convert him some games as a as a winger or like you know a left defensive mid like you know um, um, you know when you talk to older foot you know when you have a Tierney and so on a Tierney or like a right wing back let him play there. I mean, you. I, I don't understand the business we're doing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's frustrating because the players are there. I mean, 
Look at, and I don't want to make a comparison, but look at United, look at Chelsea, look at them. They still attack the players when they when they want in Europe. Yeah. They just maybe bumped up the wages slightly because to to get them. But I mean, you spoke about the Kamavenga, you, you spoke about our, I mean, Dumfries as well was, I just thought that, like, it was a no-brainer, and then Inter Milan signs him for, for cheap. I mean, you, you and I knew we both we needed a right back. You and I both needed we need, we needed a kind of you know a spark in the midfield. Xhaka doesn't work in the Arsenal midfield unless you it, you kind of have some a, a spitball number you know that I'm putting down here. Yeah. I mean if you think or oh, some hour twenty five million, then uh, come over and get twenty six and Dumfries for twelve. It's like sixty three million. <laughs> sixty three million for that that guys that look like they knocking on you know top footballer. Footballers, footballers door already. You know, like we can just yes. see already. And I mean, you don't have to just oh yeah because you're doing this or you're playing this computer game or that. It's what you actually see on TV. And I mean, these are guys that are like they they, they have that. I mean, okay, Dumfries 25, but I mean you've got our that that looks like he's just about eating his prime now. Come on, is I mean he's still got time on his hands, but he's already yes. shown that sort of uh, you know guile that you need going forward and I think that is how we should have built this whole squad because for me it's like you've got you're building out okay it's a decent age squad that you now brought in but I mean now you've got some like Xhaka who's almost like a sort of anchor now that's yes, like yes. bringing that whole thing down because you don't have the legs I mean you might sometimes the, the, you know do the odd fantastic pass but I mean how many of that stuff gets intercepted how many times does it get caught on the ball and I mean yes. there's somebody that's the, the other side of uh, mid-twenties already so I mean why are we still, you know, arguing and holding on to a player like that? Because for me, uh, we're setting ourselves up again. If you think of Zaka, say, just say now, I'm not I'm talking now hypothetically. If this kind of, you know, tanks again, you know, how are you going to get rid of Zaka now? And who's going to want to pay even close to that money that you now, since you extend these contracts, since you got like, what, in two years, still on our books? How are you going to get rid of it? And you've got now, if you think of, of how this whole structuring is going on, you're going to have next season, Lacazette going out on a free, Leno going out on a free, because Inter is already now uh, wanting to talk to Leno now already. So, I, I just don't get how the, the mindset is of... Because, of, I mean, for me, it's almost like incompetence. At, at And I'm not talking... Like, say, okay, board is almost like appointing, you know, the likes of Vinay and Edu and that. But, I mean, for me, those two should be shifted out of the club. I mean, yeah. Ateta looks like, I mean, he looks kind of lost there as well. And I mean, yeah, I think having three newbies in a, in a role. And I mean, for me, Ian Wright's words of last week, the post-match was also still, you know, sticking in my head when he said, Arsenal should never have been a first job for Ateta. Never should yeah. have been a first job for uh, Edu. And also, someone like Vinay, to do a job like that on his own, should never have also happened. Yeah, it's, 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 it's an absolute joke. It's all cheaper options, probably, yeah. for, for, for the club. I don't understand. I mean, I don't know if the owners don't get to the, you know, get the just of it. But I mean, all in all, this thing is going to cost the club even more than what they're putting into the club. So we're going to have to be run constantly at a loss because we can't get rid of players. So we're just loaning out, loaning out, and we're getting no money back, really. We need we need someone to come in. I think, you know, Mark Overpass has been doing quite well at Ajax. Yeah. So... You know, we need to almost bring in like the the guys that like, you know, it's been proven, a proven yeah. track record. Yeah, I mean, exactly. That was my set, my mindset because I just thought to myself, after Wenger, you should have had already somebody, or even with, with uh, look, 
Emery was also a kind of an experiment. But when you saw that fail, like say the Wenger thing now, yeah, down fizzle out. The Arteta, sorry, the Emery thing kind of fizzle out. Then I would have brought in the sort of experienced manager just to steady the ship. That is all. Just get everything organized. Get us in also, also like a one or two seasons of respectability in the league. You know, almost like between uh, say top say top four, top six. That just floating in those positions. And then afterwards, then you you know go full tilt to to attack the top four with a you know then a, a new guy can come in with even like the team is already set the the board is already or the, the you know the, the sort of like sports director is set and it so you know you've got now these you're gonna you've got a, almost like a good financial uh, impetus like you know where, where you know you, when you make sales there's a big big resale on it on on the player but it's not like whatever we have they either don't have resale value or just nobody wants to touch them. Yeah, it's it's quite disturbing. I mean, Arsenal have been missing out on managers season after season. Yeah. You know, Pep wanted to join possibly, what, 2013? 2012-2013? Yeah, so, and Wenger was still there. You know, Klopp was available at, yeah. at the time. You know, Liverpool got him. Look how they've gone. Look how Man City have gone. I mean, now you have Antonio Conte. I'm not saying he's going to be the long-term solution, but he's available here. Look how he's turned Inter Milan around. He took Chelsea from 10th to 1st. You know, uh, and I mean, it's not like Arsenal don't have quality players. So, you know, you, you're going to have to make a decision or someone else snaps up Conte and then you have to go for and then Arsenal will side Eddie Howe as a coach. And I'm at the stage also where I'm willing to try even like, you know, people like, Look, Edwin van der Sar is also somewhere, he's also in the backroom staff of, of Ajax and that. When you go something like that, or uh, what was it? Okay, I think, was it? Say Van Gaal or Hiddink, we have him as a, as a sports director. They might not, I mean, you don't want them to really coach, because I mean, they had not their time as coach. Yeah. But when you have them on board, because I mean, they know how to, to, to almost like stabilize the club, because do you remember when... when <coughs> The whole thing with Conte failed, and Chelsea was like also like in the kind of turmoil. Didn't Goose Eating or somebody just come in like on a six month basis? Just... He came for Mar- he came for Mourinho. So Mourinho was all, Chelsea was dangling also relegation. Eating came in, took them to tenth, and then that's when Conte came in afterwards. You know, with yeah, 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 I know that, I know that. But I'm just talking. There was one I don't know which coach it was, but there was like an ex coach, but he had nothing to do with coaching, but. You just came on to oversee how things are being run at the club. So just almost like to, to steady the ship, <clears throat> excuse me, because they were almost like, you know, going into kind of, you know, uh, it was like, put, not put forward, but, you know, into a sort of decline. And then this, uh, one of them came in and they just all like, just all like got the coaches and everything sorted out or stabilized everything. And then like you could see the, the sort of change in mentality and also the, the change in, in style of play in that because... I just found it was a stroke of genius by Chelsea at that time. Yeah, I think Arsenal, I um, mean, Chelsea's done it a few times. I mean, even 2009, it did something very similar when, when, when that Scolari got sacked as well. So yeah. it's 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 just kind of, oh, I mean, and we, I know we could have moaned and, you know, groaned and tried to say, we hate the club, is stupid. Like, you know, a lot of, a lot of people that for, for clicks and for listens, they, yeah. you know, go around and just say stupid things. But I mean, we're trying to just find a way out to better the club and move forward because, you know, it's not looking good. And let's just hope it, like you said to me, you know, when I was quite down in the dumps after deadline day, because I thought, you know, there'd be some kind of reaction like there's been over the few years with Arsenal yeah. when in desperation. But 
there was nothing and you were kind of just said you know let's just get behind the team now there's nothing more we can do but as fans i guess we can just support the team get behind the team not abuse anybody uh, but just kind of show our full support because that's what the club needs at the moment. Yeah, because I mean, that's also I want to wind down the podcast now because <clears throat> that's also my take. Um, you know, Transformers done. We've all had our gripes and, you know, moans and whatever about it. But I mean, now Transformers shut. So now we can just, you know, all get fully behind the squad. Hopefully, I mean, look, I think we'll probably have a few games still to, you know, try to fix this. I, I mean, I think... The club will also probably be keeping a closer eye now on things because look at the fans they are, you know, in the stadium also now showing the disapproval. But I mean, I just think to myself, yeah, you can do that, and but just you know, like let's get now and you know behind the squad, let's really rally and go through this, especially this whole month of September where we can really go on a sort of run where we can, you know, get the points and crank in a few goals and even you know who knows where it takes us when we go into October. So. With that, that is my take. I mean, I'm going to let you round off the podcast. But for me, enjoy the international break now. I mean, it comes at a very, very good time, especially for us Gooners. But, you know, enjoy the weekend, guys. Take care and bye. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said. I think Arsenal at the moment just need to get the house in order. And, yeah, let's get all, get all behind them. And I hope players keep their minds in time. Enjoy it, guys. It's in the, in the rest of the international break. And we'll see you all next week.